Hello, I'm Greg Howard Jr. and this is Don't Make This Weird, the podcast. Each week I invite a special guest to talk about their life, news, politics, and anything else that may come up. Head over to the Patreon where you'll get the random questions game, a secret from my guest. You get some merch for being a loyal patron and you get this whole episode uncut and without this bit about joining the Patreon. So head over to patreon.com forward slash springbreak83 productions to join now. Okay, um, so in my first book, um, Hi, I'm the Ugly Friend, there is an entire chapter on my time in Atlanta um, and my time as a drag queen. Uh, so it was really important for me uh, for the first series finale of this podcast to have my chosen family on. And uh, part of them are here today. Uh, I've got Seth, also known as uh, Candy Red from back in the day. And then I've got uh, Mark, who is uh, Marcella Gurley and Red. So welcome. Welcome to the podcast. Hi. Hello. Um, so... For the people at home, um, how did how did we become this dysfunctional family unit? Um, if somebody wants to wants to tell that story, oh well, you and I met at Mellow Mushroom. Yeah, well, and that's how I met Mellow. So we all met at Mellow Mushroom because that's where it all started when we that's started right. doing bingo. Right. Yeah, we started. Yeah, we started that Brookage Bingo at Mellow Mushroom, and and yeah, it all just kind of tumbled out of control from there. It was like that snowball that just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Like we all just clicked. Like I don't know, yeah. it just all just meshed well together, and it like twirled out of control, bitch. <laughs> So yeah, definitely shout out to uh, the good people at Mellow Mushroom Midtown, 931 Monroe Drive in Atlanta. They are responsible for all of this. Plug, plug. Um, we, were, we were talking uh, before uh, we started recording that um, for the folks at home who are listening to this, uh, this is the first time that we have all been, albeit digitally, in the same space in like eight years um so this is this is kind of a big deal um in all those years that we were together in atlanta um do you have any particular moments that stick out that are that are your favorites from from that time um the one that i always think about um it's it's i actually was before bingo at Mellow mushroom but um i used to hang out at frogs all the time when ray ruby would bartend um, and he was, you know, he hadn't done anything with Ruby. Uh, I don't know. It'd been like three years since he had done anything and he was invited to do a charity event and he didn't know if he wanted to do it. And I was like, all right, like I'll go with you. I'll get in drag, you know, drag quote unquote, uh, and go with you and, you know, we'll do this event together. You know, I'll just be your moral support. And we went and it was a blast. 
And um, kind of from there, I think that was sort of like the spark for me and Ruby. Uh, and I kind of, that was sort of like the infancy, the infancy of what became Bingo. And just being there in that, that horrible drag outfit with like a, a $10 <laughs> wig and, you know, and Ruby just introducing me as his, um, his drag, no, his, his, what did, what did he say? His daughter wolf baby drag thing. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that was, that's, that's like my, my memory, my favorite memory of the beginnings of all of this. Okay. Um, I would have to say mine with like all of us in it. Absolute favorite would be my, like my first pride when we were all in the parade with Bell Mushroom. Like I just, that, I, I mean, you couldn't tell me shit. You couldn't tell us any of us shit. We horrible, but I mean, <laughs> I think that was by far one of my, like with all of us, one of my favorite moments. It was, it was so windy that pride. And yeah, was, I didn't wear any panties and, we, we and my were, dress kept flying up. <laughs> oh God. And, and we were melting. It was so hot. We were just, we were melting. And we were all so fucking drunk. <laughs> Wasted. Ruby and that fucking tequila bottle. Uh-huh. In the always, always Ruby with the tequila. Yeah. Wasted. Now it's vodka. She, she don't do so much tequila anymore. Um, and then another one like of, of all of us together, I think was the first time that Ruby took a week off and and Greg, you hosted bingo and and it was just, it was a mess and, and like the best way possible and funny and hilarious. And like, just the rapport between all of us was, was just, it was a lot of fun. I was gonna say that was, that was probably mine. Um, you know, the, that week of River and Seth talk shit for an hour because that's what it was. Yeah, um, it really was. I forgot about that, honestly, until now. I don't remember that. And then probably <laughs> um, the first time that we did uh, Night of a Thousand Rubies. Oh yeah, that was that was that was a fun night. What and I so many people came. Yeah, like, yeah people everyone came. For it. And also, just the thought of a thousand rubies is terrifying. It is. <laughs> but like, I really liked that everybody who came like really committed to it. Yeah, they did. They did. A lot of a lot of Atlanta drag queens showed up to that too. The first one was the best though. I think they started to dwindle a little bit afterwards. But no, nothing will ever top that first night of a thousand rubies we ever did. That's right. Um, Nicole Page Brooks was there. She was. I remember that. I don't remember that, but I drank a lot at those those events. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of armorettes were there. A lot, because that's the year, roughly around the year, we started performing with armorettes too. Yeah. So. So let's while we're on the on the topic of Atlanta drag, um, let's let's dive into this. Um, who is the most overrated drag performer in Atlanta? Um. I don't even know. Over. Past or present. Uh, 
Uh, I mean, like, there's like names I just want to spit out, but like, they're not like overrated. I don't do it. Who are they? I mean, I was thinking like Eva, but it's just because like we weren't getting anything new. I, like, I, but people like live for her. like. I mean, I don't know how to like explain it. Like, because I don't want to be rude, but it, you know, it seems, y'all get what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, <laughs> does she even perform yeah, anymore? Like, I haven't. I don't remember her. So, to your point. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> but I mean, she's very like. I mean, don't get me because she's sickening. Like, I mean, she is. But like, it was just like. maybe moving away has done her well because like I think she was stuck in a bubble in Atlanta but people still like it was just oh you gotta see Eva you gotta see Eva type of thing I don't know people put a star on it you know what I mean I got you um I I feel like I feel like for me um and this is only because uh this particular performer has um a beef with me in their own head um it's got to be wild cherry secret like just hates me for no fucking reason always has always will yeah um i always thought she was a funny just you know a funny mc but beyond that i don't really nothing else about her yeah there's i don't she loves me but i feel i'm not like i feel like everyone loves me but (laughs) <laughs> that sounds like, bitch. Yeah, but like i hate like, you i don't mean to be like no but i think there's some vendetta with the red so a little bit with her with wild yeah. cherry but because i feel like like she doesn't like ruby so much either i don't i don't know though that's just what i observe from being a like sitting in the back and watching so, so. alternatively who do you feel is the most underrated drag performer in Atlanta. Because see, for me, it it will always be Maya Ross Monroe. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Incredible performer. Always blew me away. Yeah. Like, and still, still, like, there was, I mean, there was that time we thought she went dancing and that bitch is tearing it up. Yeah, I remember Tear- we were doing um, the Saturday show at Jungle. Um, and she had been in the hospital for like a month with pneumonia and the doctor had released her for like light duty. And like her first Saturday back, she just came out and fucking turned the party. It was absolutely insane. Yeah. Cause she was like, and then also I don't want to be biased, but I would say Tristan, Tristan doesn't get enough credit. I don't think. Oh yes. Definitely. I agree. I absolutely agree. Um, Tristan, Tristan is a very well-rounded performer, like good on the mic, you know, face is always on 10, like <laughs> can, has excellent song selection. Like he's very diverse, but I just don't people, I mean, and she's on cast, you know, at a couple spots, but I still just think people don't give her enough credit that she deserves. And like what she's done for the community because she's done a lot of stuff for our community as well like charity wise because she started out with char- doing charity like we did yeah i remember when her when she was a drag baby just starting out in drag and and she impressed me then i just thought you know wow i was like she's got it 
Yeah. I mean, we so didn't know tiny. her very long because I asked her, like, she danced for me as a background dancer for my Starlight Cabaret. Like, learned my dance in 30 minutes, like 30 minutes before we went on stage because one of my dancers dropped out. Oh, shit. So, like, I, I remember that. That was great. That was really good. And she did. I mean, but I mean, I've always loved her. I mean, that's why I say not to be biased, but she does not get enough credit for from the community, I don't think. I agree. People I sleep agree. on her. Wake up, people. Right. <laughs> um, so how how many how many red children are there at this point? Do we know? Do we have like a full count? So there me and you are us three. Yeah, the three of There's us. Roxy Red, Isaac Red. I don't know him. Sir Isaac. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I. That was that was probably after me. I don't. I don't think okay. I ever met him. Um, Felicity Red, which is Jason Overshin Overshan. He's uh Mark Penna's roommate, one of the owners of the Midtown Moon. Oh, okay. Um. I feel like I'm missing somebody. But that might be it. That are like red that have the title yeah, red. And then they right, have the last name. There's a few that I think have kids that don't have the red name or anything, but like the main red family is like that. Yeah. Ruby gets around. Right. Because <laughs> I mean they're for the longest and time. Really, just, um, just the three of us. Yeah, really, Sir Isaac is Roxy Red's drag son. Okay, so, so that's a grandchild, but yeah, still counts. for Ruby. <laughs> what was the best drag bar in Atlanta? I would say Blake's used to be really good. I mean, but I only performed there a couple of times, so I don't know. But I mean, like, I would always say like Moon. Even when it was the name before, like, that was just always where to go for a good show. Yeah, Blake's came to mind at first because they did have a lot of talent there for a while back in the day. But yeah. as a venue, it was terrible. Like, you know, you yeah, crowd around. I think there. the only time I really actually enjoyed it was when Genre was there because Genre mm -hmm. put in, like, a platform step-up stage that went higher than the crowd like i mean it stood at the crowd's waist so when you were up you were above and you weren't on the floor like and they couldn't crowd you like you had your own stage type thing so i mean but other than that that floor at blake's where they do the drag gets too crowded or like overrun and then it's hard to push people back and if you want to see the show people don't move like i don't know yeah and then just say a second yeah moon because moon still you know no proper stage but um you know there's a big enough space you know and you can build a crowd especially with the two-story setup it's that was always yeah. a, a nice i yeah i've got to say it's for me i feel like jungle was the best drag venue for the longest time uh, i forgot about the jungle but yeah it was it's the one. only place with the stage well, and a then they built the, the cabaret right. room that we did the, the Saturday show in. That was a lot of fun. It was That was a very, very slow start, but um, was it, that, that built up over time as well and just became a lot, a lot of fun. Yeah, and I know they gave us Tuesday nights, bitch. Like, we weren't <laughs> going to make it. Like, oh, these reds are going to figure it out. And then we got a Saturday night. Come on. That's right. 
<laughs> I remember we're gonna the, give you the worst night of the fucking week. Right. Tuesday. Here you go. I remember the week with it, we, and we did something with it. We switched from Tuesday to Saturday, and it, I I can't remember why, but like you and I had shows every night that week. We did like, start, we were, starting on starting on Sunday. Cause we did the armorettes and there was some kind of like party something on Monday. Tuesday, we had the last Tuesday show. Wednesday was bingo. Thursday, there was something. Friday. We weren't doing Dragnificent. We weren't doing Dragnificent, were we? No, not yet. That was. Not that time. No, that was the next year, I think. Okay. Okay. Um, Friday was something. And then we kicked off the Saturday show. Yeah, I mean, I remember we were busy, but we stayed busy. It's true. It's true. That was. Um, I was going to say something, but I don't remember. <laughs> um, do you do you miss performing full time? Sometimes, yes. I miss performing in general because I this past weekend was the first time I've performed in a year and a half since like Ruby and I were doing those little talk show things on Wednesdays, but like that wasn't even really performing. That was just putting on a girl shirt with a wig and some makeup. <laughs> so, but um, maybe not so much the full time doing it like five or six days a week, but doing it like on the weekends I miss. So Except how, often you- do you, how often do you perform now? Me? Mm-hmm. That, I mean, that was the first time in a year and a half. I did finally bring some drag back to Pensacola, so um, <laughs> everyone here, they told me they won't book me, but I could do a talent show. So bitches are going to go do some talent shows so I can get a booking. I'll put my pride to the side and just do it. <laughs> yeah. Seth, did so. you ever perform? No, I know. I never performed, ever. I just, you know, uh, it was that it was just never a passion of mine. Like, um, you, you did the one time, but maybe I'm just mistaken. I don't think I ever performed. I think maybe you just like because you, you dressed up and you ran around the bar and just like danced around, like not really did a number number, like just for being. Yeah, yeah. I think we didn't all of us do that together. Maybe probably just, yes. Probably, <laughs> yeah. But you know, I I just I don't have the the makeup talent. I don't have like I, I'm creative, but I'm not creative in that way. <laughs> so um, I was always um, yeah. It just it was a lot of work for me. <laughs> he was our backup dancer, the best right. backup dancer in the fucking world. <laughs> I would just stand there with my arms crossed and make a snarky remark. <laughs> Those somebody are my dancing. Had, somebody had to do it. <laughs> Oh, shit. All right. So we have a um, a listener letter. Uh, it comes from Jackie in Delaware. Hello, Jackie. Thank you for listening. Um, Jackie would like to know what the hardest part of doing drag is. Um, trying not to get wasted if you're at a gig. But no, that's really not like, but I mean, that's one of them. Yes. Um, Cause sometimes you get wasted girl and you fall and do it. Um, <laughs> Been there. 
Yeah, right. Both of us. Um, I don't even know. Like, I guess for me, the hardest part is pulling it all together at the end. It's like after I get like my makeup on, it's like getting the body on and then trying like getting the proportions right and proportionizing my body and all that. I think that's the hardest part for me because my hips slide, my boobs are never like, I don't know. That's probably like the hardest part is just pulling it all together and getting that shape and everything. So it's um, from everything I've seen, you know, again, I've never done really not real drag, but it's all the little details for me that I see so many queens focus on. And some of some queens do it very, very well. Some queens don't do it very well. And I think it's like those, there's little minute details in the makeup and the costuming and, you know, the inflection of your lip sync, the way you move your body, like those kinds of, that was always very impressive to me. I just thought, wow, that's a lot of work. It's a lot of commitment. See, for me, it's gotta be the fucking, the corsets and the tucking and like, mm. there's just, there's so many parts of it that like are hard because like song selection sometimes sucks <laughs> because you're like, are people going to like this? Does this make sense? You know, especially I mean, if it's a theme show too, like theme shows suck for me. Cause I like, I mean, I don't know Broadway and shit like that. So like, if it's a Broadway show, I like, man, I'm pulling shit out of my ass. Cause I don't know what, I mean, what to do. Like, so that can be hard sometimes to do like a theme show or yeah, even with costuming, they want you to have like specific costume, like Disney. And then like, you don't have one. Like, I mean, that can be hard, but did the theme ever, shows can be a little hard too. Did we ever do a Disney show? We did. Did we? I know we did with the Armorettes, but I don't know if we like did one at any of the Red shows. I think we did a Disney themed bingo category one time, a couple of times, but I don't recall doing a Disney theme. Okay. Because I, I, I was just I was trying to think like what would I have done for a Disney night? Well, I would do Maleficent now since I paid five hundred dollars for a damn Maleficent costume. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, we also have a second uh, listener letter. Uh, this one comes to us from Mila. I hope I'm pronouncing that right, um, Mila. If that's not how you pronounce your name, I'm sorry. Uh, she is actually in Brussels. <laughs> which is cool. Um, hello, Belgium. Uh, Mila would like to know what is the one song that you would never like to hear a drag performer do again? If you could erase one drag song mm. off the planet. Um, oh, shit. That's tough. That's that is tough. really tough. Um, there's one like on the tip of my tongue. What's it called? Uh, uh, I don't know, but anything Carly Rae Jepsen, quit doing her because she's getting annoying. <laughs> 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 if y'all are still doing, give me your phone number or whatever the fuck that name of that song was. Like, <laughs> oh, I need your number. How to go? Is that Carly Rae? Call Jepsen? me, maybe. Yes, that one. Like, I'm so tired of hearing that. I mean, I haven't also, heard it in a long time, but I've heard it. Fuck you, because I had a fantastic year. mix to that song, actually. 
You made it. No, you made the one with the scream in it. Is that yeah. the one screen? Yeah. Um, All I Want for Christmas is You by Mariah Carey. Oh, God. Yeah, get rid of that, please. Yeah. I just never that song ever again in any context. Like, I just, I, everybody's got that number. Like, every performer has that number. And it's just at this point, the song is what, like, almost 30 years old. Like, there's, there's nothing fresh about it. Yeah. I think for me, I got really, really sick of Adele set fire to the rain. Like I saw it everywhere at every bar, like every other drag queen was singing that song. It was, um, it was a staple at the Armorette show. It was a, it was a staple at Blake's. It was, it was everywhere. And it just, that song wore me down. I loved it at first, but I. Yeah. Or a good like DJ cop. Like, I don't even know what it was. Like there were some good mixes out there. Yeah, I remember. That was a good one. But that song, yeah, I forgot about that one. But like <laughs> Trash Trashetta's performance of Set Fire to the Rain is fucking iconic. No, it is iconic, but she did it like five times a day. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. I mean, right. but it, it was it was always and that same orange leopard punch <laughs> Cheeto, whatever the fuck from Cheetos looking ass. With 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 the the like the leopard like pimp. orange pimp coat. Yeah. Yes. Oh God, yeah. I don't, I don't know how somebody with that many BMWs always looks so tacky. <laughs> <laughs> I I fuck it. I miss trash out of sometimes. Oh yeah, I always had a good time. Yeah, always. <laughs> I also feel like we should take Cher's entire catalog out. No, I have, I have mixed feelings about that. Really, <laughs> I love Cher. I mean, I do too. But like, come on. But not we. No one does her all the time. And like, I mean, I did. All the time. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I feel like if you're going to do Cher, like you have to really commit. Like it has to be like a production. Like yeah. you know, it's got to be. Me sure give the some kind of illusion or right. something. Like yeah, yeah. Totally. so but yeah share Woo! <laughs> um oh. I, I forgot what i was gonna say um so we we're talking about share talking about share oh oh okay um so do do you feel like RuPaul's Drag Race, while we're still talking about drag. Um, has it helped or hurt the drag community? I would I think a little bit of both. Like, like on one hand, I think representation is important, of course. But on the, on the other hand, I feel like in, in Drag Race, we're getting like one type of drag or um, they focus so much on how it's edited and, and, and the drama and, you know, and I don't think you really get the message that drag began from community service. Like that's the origin of drag, at least in North America. And, you know, it's, that's my biggest issue with it is, is we don't really get into like why drag is really important. Mark? Yeah, and I'm gonna agree. I'm gonna say the same. Like, uh, I think it's 
it can be good or bad or it's helped or it's like it's given drag queens a platform that we've never had before but also it's ruining some of the girls because society suspects or expects drag queens to be a certain way now or um, if they don't do good, they're getting bashed because of how bad they suck by people they don't need, like cyberbullying and stuff. Like it's, I mean, it's ruining people too. Like, like because if you don't do good, you're gonna leave the show and people are gonna eat you alive. But like, if you do good, that's all everyone expects out of a drag queen now. And like local drag or drag shows in your hometown aren't gonna be the same because you're expecting them to be like somebody who was on TV but who is not kind of thing if that makes any sense mm -hmm. yeah um, I also feel like a lot of it is there's more of a focus on like acting and recording and less uh, because like 90% of the girls that go on that show came out of the bars like they're performers and they don't get to showcase that unless they're in like the bottom two and then you know they have to lip sync miss Benji. well i just found out who she was because i just started re-watching rupaul oh really but like they tear her up on the show but it's like because she comes out in like just like a like a swimsuit and a corset type leotard you know stuff like that but that's her style but when you come to drag like drag race like and even they've said it on the show on this season that i'm particularly watching um when you come to the show you come with your drag that's your style of drag and what you do and what because you already get you get the list of what you have to bring clearly so these costumes that she's made vanji they're made specifically because that's her style of drag but then they knock it down because that's what they see every time is a bathing suit with a thing and I get it, but at the same time you gave her this list and this is her dragon, how she sees it. It's not gonna be, and then I don't know. I mean, and she's made it far, but they just eat her up for it. It's like, bitch, y'all gave her this list and she's giving it to you in her style. This is what she does. But now you're sitting here knocking her down because her style isn't big enough or good enough to be on the stage kind of thing. And I think that was a problem that like um, Dax ran into when she was on the show um you know because dax is a cosplay queen and you know that was she was the first one i think um so yeah yeah she was super quiet on her thing it didn't she just got pushed to the back she didn't but she also she didn't stand out very well yeah which which is surprising so. because dax is like I remember seeing Dax perform um, before she left Atlanta. And even when she wasn't on stage, my eye went to her. Mm -hmm. I'll never forget uh, her Storm cosplay. She always did an amazing Storm. The first time I saw her, she came out as Storm. I believe it was like the white outfit, you know, with like the the cuffs and the yes. and stuff, like the wings. It was amazing. It was so good. It was, it was. I saw her for the first time at the other show, actually. That's where I saw her. Yeah. Because um, I never even heard of her till then. Is there... Is there a queen who appeared on Drag Race um, that you feel like should have won but didn't? Mm. Eureka. Because I, I just love Eureka O'Hara. I think she's awesome. 
but I don't know where she's going to go with this new all-star season. And probably Raven or Juju B or Latrice. And then those are all of mine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I was thinking of Raven because I, I actually just rewatched um, season two and prep in preparation for for All-Star 6. So that was, and I haven't watched RuPaul's Drag Race in a long time, but there are a lot of queens in All-Star 6 that I really, really like. Um, and like, yeah, definitely. I think Raven definitely deserved the win that season. Um, but, you know, I haven't seen seasons probably four through whatever number we're on now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I want to say, I, I feel like the last one that I, the last season that I really, really watched was when, um, was the year that Sasha Valor won. Mm-hmm. Um, so who who is the most overrated drag race queen mm. Mm. man um, that's a tough I would say Bianca but she's not really overrated like I don't no, know. I, I agree with that though. I think it I think it's Bianca Del Rio. Yeah, like she's she's very funny, but her style of comedy is it's it's very it's always the same. I've it's never seen but she's also always on a stage too. So she, doing comedy, like she's always on a right. comedy gig. So she's always like I mean she's just like you see her so much and it's like here's another comedy type thing, and that's what I was kind of getting with why I would say Bianca. I also feel like that, like during that season, um, she came out in like the same kind of dress. But then on other seasons, like people, people have gotten like eaten up for that shit. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, uh, what's up? I was thinking, you know, again, well, I don't even think she's in drag anymore, but the season two winner, what I was thinking about season two is what, what was her name? Tyra. Yeah. Like I thought that was, yeah, that was a, a misfire on drag race part. She ended up getting arrested and stuff, right? Something like that. Yeah. Like went crazy. When I think at one point, like um, right before DragCon a couple of years ago, like she like vaguely threatened to like blow up the venue or some shit so she's been like banned from everything digress related i remember that so i want to i want to i want to touch on um some some news stories um because that's a lot of what this podcast is is uh talking about current events um now these will probably be old stories when this goes out um but first i want to talk about uh since a lot of this episode is centered on atlanta um the current mayor of atlanta keisha lance bottoms um has said that she is not running for um re-election do you feel like we're looking at a Kasim Reed 2.0 situation because he has said that he's going to run again. Possibly. I didn't even know that, but I don't fall. I don't really keep up with Atlanta's current times anymore. I'm really, I don't watch the news to be totally honest. Like it just causes me too much anxiety. 
but like I really I haven't been even following up with Atlanta current affairs or anything going on in Atlanta just because I'm I, I'm not there full time right now so it's not much of a concern to me but possibly if he's going to run again I didn't even know that though so on one hand you know like I, I wouldn't want her job like I mean what she's been through the past few years as mayor what what any mayor has really had to deal with in the past few years like it's a tough job um so I get it um you know it's like another Shirley Franklin situation I remember Shirley Franklin she did her one term and that was it um but I don't know uh, you know Kasim Reed he has a lot of connections he's got a lot of he's a big name recognition um, I do see him as a career politician. I think he could use his platform to, you know, move up in the political world. And I feel like that's the problem with so many of our politicians is um, that that shouldn't be what politics is, isn't about. Politics should isn't about a career. It's, you know, about affecting change and representing people. But that's a whole sure. other podcast. <laughs> <laughs> One that I would definitely have you back for. Um, so I, I do have to give a shout out to, uh, there is, um, a candidate who is running for mayor, um, who I am, you know, even though I don't live in Atlanta, um, I'm excited about his candidacy. Uh, his name is, uh, Antonio Brown. Um, he, uh, he's a member of the gay community. Um, he's also a current, uh, city councilman. So shout out to him. Um, he follows me on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> um, his handle is Antonio for ACL. Uh, he's nice to look at too. God damn. I'm looking right now, actually, I'm Googling as you're telling me and I'm like, Oh, Hey, Antonio. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like he's, he's gorgeous. Um, but he's also got good ideas. I, th I think he would be, he would be better for um, the city of Atlanta than a former mayor, but that's just my opinion. Oh, agreed. I, I don't think we need to go back to you know Reed. I think that that would be uh, that would be taking a step back for the people of Atlanta, definitely. Um, the second thing that I uh, would like to talk about is. Um, very recently, OnlyFans has announced that um, effective October 1st of this year, uh, pornographic content will be banned from their platform uh, because of concerns from their financial backers. Um, do we feel like this is um, going to go the same way that um for sex workers as like say the the shutting down of backpage so i have an only fans or i did it's not currently active right now um so the you don't know the really oh, the reasoning why they're doing that though what you got because you said from the financial institute it's because that celebrity said that she was going to like share pictures and was charging like a hundred dollars for her subscription. Well, then she didn't share any new pictures and they had, uh, only fans had to like reimburse all this money back to people who 
were like disputing all the charges. They everyone they were disputing the charges. So like they were like trying, but they had already paid this girl out, and they kind of got in a situation. I just think the girl ruined it for everybody. Um, it kind of sucks because that's how OnlyFans was built. It was built for pornographic content. So it's kind of to me, it sucks. I mean, I haven't used mine in months, but like I said, I mean, some people that's how they make their living. So it kind of I mean, I don't know. It kind of sucks for them on their half because they're going to be losing money for their not being able to post their content. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I had a lot of admiration for OnlyFans. I feel like it, it gave sex workers a platform to, to, to work and, and do what they do and do it safely and, and do it on their terms. Um, and, you know, it's a shame to see that this is happening. And, and, you know, it, it's, I, I'm also, fairly certain this is part of some you know evangelical push we have going on also in north america just you know uh, that we see in the headlines with our politicians and everything too so uh, you know it's all relative and but, yeah it's a shame it's a shame because i've enjoyed quite a few pages myself <laughs> <laughs> you know what? i can't even be mad at that i have i have there there are a few pages that i subscribe to i will i will own that um do you feel like it was, I don't want to say fair, but that's, that's the only word that I can come up with right now. Um, do you feel like it was fair for OnlyFans to allow celebrities uh, like Tyler Posey and um, Tyga, who else? Uh, Bella, Bella something. There's a good handful of celebrities who are on there for sure. Yeah. Um, but but what was you, the end of the question? I'm sorry. No, you're good. Um, do you think it was it was a good idea? We'll go with that. Do you think it was a good idea for OnlyFans to allow celebrities to use this platform when you know there are, like you said, sex workers on there who are using this to pay their bills, and there's celebrities who are worth millions of dollars using it to grift 10 or 15 bucks off of people um i think it's fair to an extent but a lot of these celebrities because you can put your price for your page and how much it is to subscribe i think two hundred dollars a month to subscribe to somebody's page is a little obscene or a thousand dollar whatever some of these i mean some of these celebrities are putting outrageous price tags on subscribing to their page and i think that's unfair or not acceptable. I mean, I wouldn't allow that. If that makes any sense. Yeah. Too. Yeah, that's exactly kind of how what I was thinking. It's, they, they could have. They certainly could have regulated uh, their the pricing. I don't think they ever did any kind of regulation on their pricing. Mm-hmm. No, I don't think so. But like, I mean, I think Nate Carter was on there, and it was like a thousand. Like, I think he was charging almost a thousand dollars or some roughly it was a high end number, but like it's just to subscribe and it's like subscribe, but then you subscribe and you're not getting any content that you expect to get anyway. I mean, that's a little, I mean, I would be pissed. You're oh, just yeah. taking off your and damn he, shirt. Bitch, I'll get on YouTube and watch you take your shirt off for free. Yeah. The thing that was a sign of desperation from him. <laughs> yeah. Asking for relevancy. Right. <laughs> So we have reached uh, the point in the show um, where I ask all my guests 15 random questions. Um, 
some of them I got from people on the internet. Some of them I found, uh, found myself. So y'all game? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right. Number one, what is, what website, not app, do you frequent the most? Um, I, I would say Google for me, like Google, um, very close second would be Pornhub. Um, but <laughs> I'm, I'm always, I'm always Googling something like, I don't know if, if I'm reading about something and I don't know what I'm reading about, I'll Google it. I, you know, I have the most random Googles too. Like, you know, um, you know, do sharps have testicles? Like, you know, I'll Google like stupid shit like that. Do they though? Uh, I don't remember. I was drinking when I Googled it. Um, <laughs> no, like I, I feel that say- because I'm like my, I'm working on my third book right now and uh, it's based on like a presidential election. So like I'm Googling all this shit and there's a very good chance that I'm on a watch list right now. <laughs> what you got, Mark? I would definitely say Google or um, my credit card website because I'm always checking my balance on my credit card or making sure that I don't miss a freaking payment. <laughs> but I definitely Google everything too. Um, sweet so. tea or lemonade? Sweet tea. Can I do both both at the same time? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> um, who was your favorite Spice Girl? Ginger. And I'm button baby spice. Um, what is the most terrible thing that you've watched all the way through on Netflix? Oh, man. Man. Oh, what was that movie with, um, Jessica Chastain? She was like a spy or something. And I forgot the name of it, but it was horrible. And I, and I sat through it. I watched the whole thing. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Um, Shit. It's like a, it's a, it's a one word title. I'm Googling it now. Of course. I don't know about some like a scary theme park. I don't even freaking remember, but it was some Halloween movie and it was so dumb, but I watched it through the whole thing. Cause it was filmed in Atlanta. <laughs> and I was like, Oh girl, they got six flags and six flags actually added their like Halloween. It was like corn maze or some shit like that, but they added like a corn maze at six flags because of this movie or some shit like that. The movie so, was called a, Ava, that was the name. Yeah. Ava. It's horrible. So speaking of movies, um, this is kind of going away from what we were talking about. Um, do you find yourself like when you're when you're watching movies that were filmed in Atlanta going, oh fuck, I know where that is? All the time. All the time. I, I do it for New Orleans now too. I've been here long enough that, you know, so it's like between Atlanta and New Orleans, I'm always recognizing, you know, landmarks. Yeah, it's like when the when the movie uh, Love Simon came out, because um, it's it's set in like Marietta, I think. Um, it's filmed set right outside of Atlanta, but like they filmed a lot of it at Grady High, and Grady. I'm like, yeah, I've been like, oh, I've stumbled drunk down that sidewalk. Yep. Um, but then the Hulu show Love Victor came out, and it's supposed to be set in the same place, and it's so obviously filmed in California. That like I, oh, really? I couldn't I could I couldn't watch it. I was like, this is this is unbearable. Uh uh-huh. 
yeah, it was a cute show, but yeah, to your point, yeah, <laughs> yes, it definitely looked like Southern California. It kind of reminds me of like Star Trek when they go on these, you know, um, away missions and they're on a foreign planet, you know, and it's like, it looks like Southern California. Yeah. Um, pancakes or waffles? Pancakes. Pancakes. Yeah, pancakes. Yeah, it's, it's I prefer pancakes, but like only waffle, waffle house waffles are the only waffles I'll eat. Yeah, with chocolate chips. Or a good Belgium waffle. When I went to Belgium, I had a good ass waffle there, but that was about it. Just one in a train <laughs> station. Just the one. Uh, Renaissance fair or sci-fi convention? Sci-fi convention, definitely. I've never been to either kind of things like that, but I'd probably go to a sci-fi convention. Oh, we 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 got to get you to a run fair. I think you'd like it. I know. I want a turkey leg. Turkey leg. Yeah. Um, do you have an unusual celebrity crush? Like somebody who, if you bring it up to your friends, they're like, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> um, okay. I had this conversation not, not too long ago, but, um, uh, John Oliver. You kind of look like John Oliver. So that's he does the new show on HBO. Yeah. Yeah. He's, um, I don't know, like, there's just something about his, I don't, the, the intelligence and the humor, I think it's, like, appealing to me. I don't I see that. It's very humorous. Like, yeah. I don't know, it's, I don't know, I see that, though. I don't know. For me, really, I don't, um, I really don't. Uh, <laughs> that's a celebrity these days. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would say uh, he's not, he's an adult entertainer and everyone all, Drew Dixon. Hang Google on, I'm him. Gonna, he's, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to Google that. Hang on. He's the only person I like, are we allowed to talk dirty on this? Is this adults only? Yeah. No, 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 no. You're good. You <laughs> okay. The Cause he's the want. only person I like to see take a fist girl. Oh yeah. I'm familiar with him. Yeah. He's beautiful. But when I say it out at a bar or something, the game, a lot of gay men know who he is and they're like, Ooh, really? He takes fists? Oh bitch. He takes a fist very beautifully. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on. I'm looking him up on Twitter. Oh, I mean, this is probably what I do. Oh, oh, okay. All right. Yep. So I guess him. Okay. <laughs> I just, yeah. <laughs> just there was there was fisting on my phone that's the the first time that's ever happened <laughs> <laughs> oh god that reminds me of when uh we stayed at uh at place in Augusta. Augusta. yeah <laughs> i was gonna say I, that too. i saw a drag queen fist somebody on stage here in new orleans at a show it, it gets wild in new orleans y'all i like, <laughs> For fuck's sake! Yeah, undressed him. Well, he came out. She she did. She was lip syncing the whole time. It was a number, and this this guy came out. I was dating a burlesque performer, and it was like a drag burlesque show mixed together. This guy came out in jockstrap, gets on like um, a stool, bends over, whatever, and without missing a lyric, she's lip syncing. She she dips her hand in a bucket of lube, and just starts fisting him while she's lip syncing. I forget. I can't even. And um and like gets lube all over the stage, 
and then um my ex comes out because it was like the last number of course that was the finale of the show so to do like curtain call and he came out and like stepped in the loop and like had like a mini meltdown like on stage it was hilarious <laughs> oh my god oh my gosh i had oh. i had forgotten you dated that 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 person yeah yeah that fun. sounds like forever ago that's crazy. Oh my God, I'm shook it. Oh yeah, yeah. you see all kinds of crazy shit at shows. Um, you know, uh, it's only, there are I'm certain bloggers, they have, they have the nudity license. They, they pay like the cabaret, whatever the fee is uh, to be able to do things like that on whenever they want to. Yeah, I'm so about now, to try to go perform down there. I'm about to put my fist up someone's ass while I'm lip syncing. Hey, bitch. Ah. I want to know what song they were doing because... Yeah, I was, I was, I was, it was, it was hilarious. Like I was like appalled and amused and laughing all at the same time. Oh my gosh. That's crazy. I mean, I fisted so many people in my day now, but back to the Augusta <laughs> Parliament House, that's the first time I ever fisted anybody and I was shook as then. Oh my god! We got gosh. up to the tower. He's like, bitch. The, the gloves in the Crisco are in the corner. I said, excuse me? He said, yeah, I want your fist in me. And bitch, I was pounding him with both fists, like punching him out. It was like. <laughs> was that Drew Dixon by chance? No, it wasn't. Because if it was, I would have had no problem doing that. <laughs> this was also, this was the same trip that uh, Mark hooked up with this dude. And I was asleep in <laughs> the same room, like 10 feet away. Um, and. <laughs> I, I don't remember what it was, but I woke up just in time to hear the guy say, sorry, I didn't mean to get it everywhere. <laughs> and so I laid there until I heard the guy leave. And then I like coughed or cleared my throat. Mark goes, are you awake? And I was like, I didn't mean to get it everywhere. <laughs> I forgot about that too. That was, <laughs> that was a fun trip though. That was, that was. All right, next question. Underwear, always on or only when you have to? Only when I have to, but to, I normally always wear a jock strap. And if I'm at work, I don't wear a jock strap, but normally I always wear a jock strap. So, um, if I'm sleeping and in the mornings when I get up, like, no, nothing. Um, but usually it's briefs jog strap or thong for me all right um sweater or hoodie hoodie sweater all right um if you could have an entire movie theater to yourself and you could watch any movie in the entire world what would you watch nightmare before christmas okay oh my god um, I was just thinking about this the other day, actually, and I, I never came to a conclusion. I would do, I would do nine to five. I would see it on the big screen. I can see that. Uh, actually, Mary Poppins would be cute to see on the big screen too. Cause I just recently saw that for the first time, the original Mary Poppins. Did you watch never the sequel seen it before? Too? I did. They were both really good, actually. All right. But I think that, I don't know. That would be pretty cool to see. 
Um, do you wash your legs in the shower? Do what? Do you wash your legs do we in the wash, shower? Do I wash my legs? Yes, I wash my legs in the shower. I wash my legs and my feet and in between and my, my toes. Feet. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, pool or ocean? Pool. The ocean terrifies me. Uh, and I would say it just depends on the day, but I would prefer the ocean. Okay. Um, if they were making a biopic about your life, who would play you? Drew Dixon. <laughs> <laughs> we kind of look like, I think. <laughs> I don't know. I've never seen you with a fist in your ass, so I couldn't tell you. <laughs> well, never had one up there, so. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh God. I don't know. Uh, y'all tell me. Uh, John Oliver. <laughs> <laughs> I could, yeah, I could see that. But see, my nose isn't quite that long, though. This is true. I could see, I like, first Spider Man came out, people thought I looked like Tobey Maguire. Oh, yeah. I totally see that. I could see it. <laughs> and then I, I, I have also gotten, I think it's because of the glasses. I got Daniel Radcliffe a lot. I can't I see, see that it. so much. I can, I can see it a little bit. Maybe so basically any nerdy white guy can play, any nerdy generic looking white guy could play me. <laughs> I could actually, who is that guy? Um, speaking of generic nerdy white guys, um, he was on the OC. Um, I never watched that really. Adam Brody. That's who it is. I can I can see that happening. Google him. Okay. <laughs> uh, nude beach or not a chance? Oh yeah, I was just naked at the beach the other day. It was uh, on the beach. I just got naked. <laughs> I would. Do, I've never done it, but I, I would do it. I would. All right, last one. Um, what is the best piece of advice you've ever gotten? Um, gosh. My mom told me this when I was like in my late twenties and I was a hot mess in my late twenties. You guys remember. And, um, <laughs> and, um, and so, you know, and I was like talking to my mom one day and I was just like, I just don't know what I'm doing with my life. And she's like, Seth, she was like, you're going to turn 30 and you know, everything will make a lot more sense. Your thirties are great. So I turned 30 and I was like 32 and I still was I still felt like a hot mess. And then I was like, I thought you said my thirties were better mom. And she said, I just said that to get you through your twenties. Eventually you turn 40 and you just don't care anymore. <laughs> So that's always, that's always my advice story from my mom. Eventually you turn 40 and you just don't care anymore. <laughs> How close to 40 are you? I'm 39. I just turned 39. I'm 38 today. Oh my gosh. Happy birthday. <laughs> <laughs> that might be like an ass. Happy birthday. Well, I, I even popped up on my phone and then I forgot. Mine too. It's the first thing I saw this morning with the tech podcast. <laughs> All right, Mark. What's the best piece of advice? You're how um, old? You're how 31. old? 
31. Oh, I thought you I'll said 31 this year. I thought you said 21. I was like, um, I mean, I sir? love 21. <laughs> Mexican don't crack either. <laughs> um, I don't, man, I've had so much good, like, good advice recently, but, uh, um, Gia used to always tell me back then uh, when I was feeling down, like when people would, like I felt like people were pulling me down. She said, they only pull you down because they're already beneath you. So stay above. That is so, uh, nice. Like she's like just reincurring to stay on top because the people who are bringing me down are already underneath me. And that's why they're bringing me down. So. So what's, what's next for you guys? What's what's your what's your next big adventure? Well, in about forty-five minutes, I'm having happy hour drinks with my friend Benjamin, and that always gets kind of epic. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know. I really don't know. Um, I want to eventually end up in Denver at some point, but Denver's yeah. Cool. I don't know. I really don't. I'm figuring it out one day at a time. Yeah, I mean, I just got back to New Orleans and, you know, I, I don't have any plans to go anywhere, but I have my eye on California if it's a job opportunity that will allow me to afford California. Um, but, you know, I'm not, I'm not rushing to, to make any sudden moves. What about you, Greg? Yeah. Um... I've got, I've got this, um, third book will be out sometime in December. Um, I wrote a TV pilot uh, about a year ago, um, that I might do something with. Um, so yeah, that's, that's where I'm at. Hell yeah. That's much more interesting than mine. <laughs> Mine too. I'm gonna I'm gonna audition for Dracula next year. Are you? That'd be that cool. That'd be cool. Um, I did the uh, the written application for this year, but I just couldn't get any like of the video footage and stuff with not having any of my drag here. But I'm definitely gonna do Dracula and tr or try anyway. So that'd that's cool. Good. That'd be cool. Or Rue. I mean, Rue's taking all kinds of drag queens <laughs> now. This is true. So. Who knows? Who knows? Something with drag. That's what I want to do for sure. Well, gentlemen, uh, we have reached the end of the episode. Um, I want to thank you both for taking the time out of your day to come and talk to me about anything and everything. Um, if you ever want to come back, just uh, give me a shout. For sure. For sure. Yeah, likewise. For sure. I'm going to try to write a book too. Back. Oh, that's right. You are going to try to write a book. Yeah, about all the little crazies I met on my adventure last year. <laughs> Whew, bitch. <laughs> well, I cannot wait for that. Um, so. But I will talk to you guys soon. Thank you again. All right. Thank you. Bye. I love you guys. If you enjoyed this episode please consider subscribing and if you're on apple podcasts leave us a review 
If you didn't enjoy this episode, why the fuck are you even still here? If you'd like to get in touch with the show, you can email us at don'tmakethisweirdpod at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at sb83productions, on Instagram at springbreak83productions. Don't Make This Weird is a Spring Break 83 production.